so. Great. We will get started. And I just wanted to, to double check um, how you would like me to introduce you. Because I see ME um, and then the, obviously the chronic fatigue syndrome and fibromyalgia. What exactly is the ME? ME is just another word for chronic fatigue. So it's oh, okay. uh, myalgic encephalitis. Um, so some people like to use that term because it sounds more serious. Okay. It does it sound very serious. It sounds really serious. Some, some people um, refer to it as a brain condition or, a, or a, you know, it's a, it's a serious brain issue. Got it. Right. Because um, I guess some people don't take chronic fatigue seriously, even yeah. though they should, because it <laughs> certainly feels serious for those who have it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So if you, um, in terms of in introducing, um, maybe just the energy queen. So I work with spiritual entrepreneurs and I'm passionate about preventing burnout, something like that, whatever, sure. whatever rolls off your tongue. I like that energy queen. <laughs> so great. I'll get, get us started and then we can just go straight into it and feel free to, at any point, if you need to stop or have any questions um i'm just going to be recording this and we'll just try to go through as as much as we can um but yeah definitely feel free to stop me if you need anything okay okay great so today my guest is sue winsbury she is the energy queen seriously she's <laughs> given me some lots of inspiration to recover from this horrible coronavirus that is uh still out there everyone please stay safe we are not out of the clear quite yet um and sue has really really inspired me with her personal stories as well as the stories of the countless women that she's helped to recover from chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia. Um, but really what brought me to Sue is her story of how she's really helped her son. She created this modality um, combining different types of energy healing to really help him recover from burnout. So really that's what we're going to be diving into today and in hearing the techniques that she was able to use to help him recover and where he's he is now and and just kind of the journey that he's been through to recover and so yeah Sue thank you so much for for joining me it was such a pleasure to speak with you last time and get to know a little bit about your story I'm really excited to to dive back into that with you Thank you. It was uh, felt like I'd met a sister from another mother. Yes, <laughs> we it first did. Talked. It was. Uh, it was definitely a, a, a kindred real, spirit for yeah, sure. Absolutely, real connection between us. So thank you. Um, thank you for inviting me here today. Yeah, I know that that chronic fatigue and um, any kind of chronic illnesses actually are something that is kind of still underspoken about in the entrepreneurship community and I was really looking for guests that had some experience with that um, and yours really kind of hit close to home because um, 
not only do you have experience with it yourself, but just with family members as well. And I was just really, really inspired by your story with your son. So, yes, my son, my my wonderful son. <laughs> and because so, you had do- been doing this work before he had his burnout. So yeah. <laughs> thankfully, you knew what to do probably before anyone else in the family. Um, so um, my background is sort of holistic health and well-being. So I've been working with energy, healing, hands-on therapies um, and all kinds of different modalities for many years. And the training to become a chronic fatigue recovery specialist was something that um, it kept knocking on my door. You know how these things do. And at the time I was just, I'm not, I'm not training in anything else. I've got enough certificates and enough qualifications and it just wouldn't go away. So um, in the end, I trained to become a a specialist practitioner. Um, And that was in 2013, I qualified. And I've worked with people um, on many different levels in sort of recovering from chronic fatigue, ME, fibromyalgia, um, burnout. And um, I will also put long COVID now into that same category because there are many, many, many similarities between long COVID and chronic fatigue. What, what, what exactly um, are you referencing when you're talking about long COVID? I'm curious. It's, uh, <laughs> I think we all kind of know, but just to kind of give a, put some qualifiers to that term. Yeah. So for some people who have experienced COVID, they end up with long-term fatigue issues. So um, their energy doesn't return to how it was before they had the illness. Um, There can be various other symptoms as well. And things with chronic fatigue, there's there's always a, a multitude of different symptoms. So it's never just this, this, and this, it can be a bit of this and a bit of this and a bit of that. Um, but what, what really sort of connects the two is the, it's the post-viral fatigue. It's the inability to get back to normal life, normal functioning, feeling very depleted. Um, often there can be brain fog so hard and it's hard to think clearly. Um, you know, if you were, invariably people who get long COVID were quite busy people beforehand um, and there are many many similarities in the the types of personality who burn out and the types of people who find it hard to recover from covid um, there it does a, take it, it takes quite a bit out of you if yeah. you haven't had it yet it really does it wipes your system and i can imagine that it takes quite a while to recover fully yeah, but for some people, they can be looking at sort of six months later and they still haven't wow. got their energy back. They still can't get back to normal life or they're trying to go back to work and, you know, maybe just sleeping all weekend just to cope with working and not enjoying the things that they used to do. Um, so that's identifies long COVID. Um, some people can have continuing um chest issues lung issues which is the differential with ME or chronic fatigue Um, but other than that 
it tends to be the same sort of personality profile. Um, and when people burn out, there's always a, a final trigger. So the, the body will have given many, many warnings, sometimes over many years. Um, and eventually something will tip the balance and um, that can be a viral infection. It can be an emotional trauma. So it might be a bereavement. It might be maybe a job change. It can be a relationship breaking down. Um, for my son, it was actually having to stop. So when, um, when we had our first lockdown in the UK, he, he had to stop. He was furloughed. He'd also been coaching uh, a women's football team. Um, he was having his driving lessons. He was doing his coaching training. He was doing way, way too much. Um, he'd lost his dad a year beforehand, and he was still very angry about that. And so when everything stopped, he just kind of had to sit and confront himself. Be with himself, yeah. Yeah. And his body went, oh, now you've stopped. Oh, I'm going to make you really stop. Um, so there's always, there's always a tipping point and it can be different for everybody. And um, so with long COVID, the COVID is the tipping point. Right. Wow. How, on average, how many warning signs do our bodies typically send us that we ignore or think are normal or um, maybe oh. don't even notice, but <laughs> could, could notice if we, if we were looking out for it? The, the little warning signs, all the big warning signs, they can go on for years. So for my son, I first noticed uh, that he was burning out when he was doing his A-levels when he was 18. Wow. So that had been so five, it was five years. years. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And they, they were getting louder and louder. So um, he was when he was doing his A-levels, he... He was also head boy, so he had a lot of extracurricular functions to go to. Amazing opportunity, but it was a lot of pressure. Um, he has very high expectation of himself, which is one of the key characteristics. Um, so he's always got good exam results. So he wanted to achieve really high results again. And he got to and he played sport, um, you know, just typical all-rounder. Um, and he was trying to revise for his A-levels and he ran me one day and said, mum, I've been sat here for five hours and nothing's going in. I can't remember a single thing. Wow. So memory loss almost at this point. Yeah. Because, yeah, that's when your body needs to, to shut down for a while. I think that that could, that could be quite a... Was that alarming to him? Um, yes, because he didn't know what what it was what to do with it um and if you think about you know when we're, when we're highly stressed our brain doesn't function very very well um our, our um our stress response is amazing for the way it's designed which is in that moment where you need to make a quick decision and um, you know we've all been in that moment where we've been under like a quick stress thing where we we make that snap decision we don't have to sit and think about what am I going to do? So if you're in your car and you have a near miss, there's no, we don't sort of kind of sit and think, oh, what, should I go this way? Shall I go that way? Shall I, shall I, what shall I do? It's, it's always um, instant brain clarity, which is one of the ways that our stress response is so amazing. But when we stay in long-term stress, 
that gets uh, tipped on its head. So we tend to get quite foggy thinking and lack of clarity, which is where he was at that time. Right. So, and I think quite a, quite a lot of, of us have brain fog at one point or another, but when it tips into memory loss, that's when it can get pretty scary. Yeah. Um, how long did was he stuck in this state of just kind of feeling a bit frozen in terms of what he had been doing and um, just kind of feeling confused about it? So we managed to get through it. I, I fortunately, he listens to his mum. <laughs> And that's good <laughs> everybody listening time, but... listen to your mom <laughs> because that's step one of recovery Mom's, moms know stuff <laughs> moms know best so um he started I just said you know I think you really need to start meditating and actually you need to just relax your body relax your brain and then everything will start functioning again so um he did start doing that um so he he managed to get through his a-levels and he went off to university, um, dropped out of his first year, which again caused him a lot of angst because that, that sort of didn't tie in with his expectations of himself. Um, went back the next year and um, had an amazing three years. He, he partied hard, played hard. He worked, I wouldn't say hard, but he did enough to... <laughs> He had a lot of fun. He, he, you know, he, he made the most of his time at uni. But all through that time, he was developing food intolerances. So he developed a gluten intolerance. He developed a caffeine intolerance, um, dairy intolerance. Um, he would sometimes have to sleep all weekend to get back on the horse on the, on the Monday. Um, so he would go to bed and sleep for maybe 24, 36 hours all the way through. Um, so those are the kind of, for him, that was his body saying, I am just not happy. Mm -hmm. um, for some people, it can be headaches. It could be migraines. Um, it can be just those periods of needing, needing to stop when you're, you're not just tired, you're I just can't do anything kind of tired. It's that mm. tiredness that your body makes you stop, as I'm sure you know from the last few days. <laughs> yes, this COVID has definitely made me stop in my tracks for sure. I can imagine if this, this had lasted um, months or even years for some people, that this could be just absolutely debilitating. Mm. Yeah, it can be. And it's, it's very, um, it's very normal. So the, the type of people that um, tend to burn out, and I see it a lot in the entrepreneurial world, because we're all building our own little empires, you know, we're, we're, we're passionate about our businesses, we're passionate about our message, we're passionate about changing the world or whatever it is that we want to do. So we tend to because we work from that passion, we tend to overgive or um, spend too many hours working or um, not maybe not inviting any support or not being feeling supported by anyone and the the types of personality profile that do tend to burn out are people who have a very high expectation of themselves they are generally quite busy people so they're the type of people who 
what they achieve in their their version of a normal day other people will look and just kind of go how how do you do all of that um they will often be very sensitive and that can be sensitive in terms of being an empath um it might be sensitive in a physical sense of being sensitive to emfs um, wi-fi things like that might be sensitive just to being out in people in busy environments there's always an element of sensitivity um, they are the people that will push on through um, because they have this high expectation of themselves because they have this drive to achieve because they don't want to let anybody down and they are people pleasers by nature um, they will sacrifice everything as long as they're keeping everyone else happy um, so when the body's giving them a little warning sign, they will just tend to ignore it because they haven't got time to stop. Yeah, it was really interesting when we first talked about this kind of hidden group of people that we know exist, but don't get talked about very much. But those of us who are really sensitive, but also very driven at the same time, mm. it's like the the type A but instead of just being the brash, um, able to bulldoze through type A that is typically talked about, there are people who have that person driven personality who are also very sensitive. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's very much, um, and often it's not recognized. That sensitivity isn't recognized in themselves or by others until um, you know, something like this happens and then they kind of go, oh, actually, now you're talking about it. And now I understand that I have been picking up other people's energies every time I walk out of the front door without realizing it or, um, you know, whatever that that empathic sensitivity is. Mm -hmm. I'm curious how much of an environment change is needed in these situations or is it it is it better to. Um, remove yourself from the environment um, or to really kind of work on your your reactions to things first which is the which is the chicken <laughs> and which is the egg in this scenario it, it depends on where that person has not been living authentically so when your body makes you stop it's a I would say it's a it's a golden gift wrapped up in the worst packaging possible um, because it underneath everything it just means that you've not been living in alignment with your true soul so in terms of environment for some people that's going to be a key factor so if they are if if someone is a um, let's say a country real country lover at heart and they're living in the middle of a city then that's going to cause constant stress and stress and constant misalignment so in that scenario yet moving your environment is going to be a major key to recovery likewise if you're in the wrong relationship if you're in a really toxic relationship or if you've been with someone for years and you're actually just not happy with them or that can be a working relationship as well as a you know a partner relationship but um, or family relationships but if you're in a relationship that's not working for you then again removing yourself from that relationship or working on it is going to be a key part of um, 
the healing process. So it's a very multifaceted approach to healing. It's not, it's never just one thing. It's, of course it's not. Lots of layers. <laughs> yeah, that would be too easy. Far too easy. <laughs> so how did you discover the, the healing modalities that you used, not only with your clients, but also with your son to get him back on track? Um, so I use a mixture of, I've, I've trained in lots of different energy modalities. So my first, very first sort of entry into the healing world was um, with the National Federation of Spiritual Healers many, many years ago. I've trained in EFT, matrix re-imprinting, Reiki, uh, the energy alignment method. Um, and I'm highly intuitive and, and I just actually just allow my own intuition to direct and guide. And um, I have this great knack of seeing beneath people's layers so I can... Mm -hmm. uh, I <laughs> you can see where people are being inauthentic with themselves. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes it's not just a, it's not a modality. It's just when I'm working and I, I don't know, you might call it channeling. I, I, I just call it guidance. Um, but the, the, the words come in, all that sense comes in. And I'm just like, well, okay, this is what we need to work on. Got it. So you can kind of ask some questions and see how people react and see where they're not quite being honest, maybe even with themselves. Yeah, it's it's honesty with themselves and the, the, the greatest part of healing because the A-type um, is that driven, fast-paced, and they very often want a quick fix. So mm. the, the standard um, the standard route of recovery will be reaching out to lots of different practitioners wanting them to fix you first of all um, so many people will spend thousands of pounds on different practitioners so they might try a bit of um, uh, nutrition work and that'll fix them for a little uh, an aspect but it won't do the whole thing and actually nutrition is key to recovery um, they might then go and have some EFT or they might have some acupuncture or They'll all work a little bit, but they're not solving the problem. So it's only when they start to really go within and look at what's underlying this burnout. What's, what are their patterns and behaviours? What is their, what's their trauma? Trauma plays a big role in burnout, unaddressed trauma, whether that's with a big T or a little T. Um, so, you know, for highly sensitive, being told off, by your teacher when you're five years old in front of the class can be a traumatic experience for my son he had a traumatic birth I, I know that you know he he came out in a highly stressed state and I'm, with the people I work with um, very often womb trauma or birth trauma is actually quite a big contributory factor contributory factor wow and how do you um find out how can you make that connection um so far back because it, um i i i'm sure that's a thing for many of us actually and then to to find out years later that um part of the reason you are burning out in your business is because you had this traumatic experience <laughs> at the beginning of your life that must be quite the process to, to peel back those layers yeah, so sometimes people, you know, I'll, I'll just drop in a casual question and say, do you, do you know what your birth was like? And 
Um, and if you think about it logically, if we enter this world in a sense of danger, one of your first beliefs is going to be the world is a dangerous place. Yeah, and then the, that can in turn make it harder for you to put yourself out there, like really put yourself out there as a business owner. Yeah, yeah. And it, it means that you're, with the way that our lovely brains and our reticular activating system works, we're constantly finding evidence to support those initial beliefs so if you if you know if the world is dangerous then we're just going to add more and more whether it's true or not but that's that's how our subconscious loves to work is just to add in more evidence to support it Mm -hmm. now as as we a lot of us are transitioning back to regular offices but obviously those of us who are entrepreneurs are pretty used to working from home but might now have some added responsibilities if we have kids we still might be homeschooling or things might have been switched around and how can we really start to notice if we are taking on too much what are kind of the the beginning warning signs so some of the beginning warning signs are um, thinking about the physical body. So whether you're just at the end of the day, you just want to collapse into bed, whether you are screening calls just because you haven't got the energy to speak to people, um, whether you, you're finding that maybe you have got some digestive issues that yeah, you know, maybe gluten's sort of irritating or you can't eat what you're used to or when you have a cup of coffee, you you get really jittery really quickly. Um, or it might be that you're relying on coffee or caffeine drinks just to get through the day. Um, so pulling in lots of little different anchors and support systems. Mm-hmm. Um, just being really aware of how you're looking after your body, how your energy feels and self-care. Because I think particularly as as women we're not brought up to put self-care as a really high priority and you know as a as a mum it was kids first partner first partner second then it was it was all the household jobs it was you know your clients you put everything else in front of you and then your own self-care gets pushed to the bottom of the pile but um so it's really being really wary about you know when when did I last take some time off real time off how much time am I giving for myself every single day and actually as an entrepreneur the more time you give yourself off and the more you do pleasurable things the more in flow you are with your business anyway yes it's true don't skip those vacations everyone this summer (laughs) take your time off (laughs) don't forget to to budget that into your uh how you pay yourself and um, how you schedule your time. It's, it's not just a uh, extravagant thing. It's a huge part of self-care. Yeah, absolutely. And if you do go on holiday and find yourself falling ill every time you go on holiday, then that's another warning sign that your body's kind of just saying it's too long, you know, there's not enough self-care. So things like walking, getting some exercise in every day, getting out in the fresh air every day, Um, meditation, 
and that doesn't have to be just sort of sitting there for hours and hours it can be a really short meditation um, grounding yourself giving yourself time to appreciate things so if you like a cup one of my things I, I have one cup of coffee a day and I love it and I'm I like it really strong but I make it an experience so I, I you know it's very easy when I'm busy to just kind of drink it while I'm doing emails or doing something else but actually I make a point of particularly when it's lovely and sunny, I'll go and sit outside on the bench in the garden in the sunshine with my coffee. And I go, this is, you know, this is my 15 minutes. Um, so little things like that. It might be just taking a bath with some Epsom salts or lighting some candles or putting on some music or a hobby. Hobbies quite often get forgotten when our yeah. hobby becomes our business. Absolutely. Yeah. It's important to, to still ha do things for yourself that are not just about the business. Otherwise, all the days start to roll into one. Yeah. Yeah. And the intuition stops flowing and that's like, you know, then the creativity gets stifled because we're too busy to allow that flow. So it's, it's really important on a physical level as well as an emotional and a, and a business level. Right. And what are some questions that um, for people who may feel that there are certain areas of their life that have fallen out of alignment, what are some ways that we can gently guide ourselves back towards that aligned state? I, I would always say I love journaling. Asking yourself a question and journaling on it is such a way of, sort of some deep interest, introspection um, looking at different areas of your life and scoring them out of 10 you know how much how fulfilling are the key areas and I would say from the, with my clients I work on um, nutrition because good nutrition is vital um, finances emotional health relationships um, your environment your movement, your life purpose, um, lifestyle and pace, they're all kind of key areas. And if you score them out of 10, see how they're feeling. And if you've got really low scores, then things are out of alignment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's definitely best to be honest with yourself as well. You know, you can't, uh, you can hi hide from a lot of others, but you can't hide from yourself. And no, no. it will catch up with you if there is something bothering you. It certainly will. Yeah. And for those, for anyone who um, is maybe experiencing burnout, um, who's listening, you can absolutely recover. So a lot of um, in the medical medical world, and it varies all over the world, but, um, you know, there's a lot of misunderstanding of these conditions. Um, there's, there's a lot of doctors in certain parts of the world that will say, well, you just need to learn to live with it. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's not about coping. It's about recovering. And there's nothing to stop anyone recovering and leading an amazing life and it will be it can be as busy although it probably won't be as busy it'll be different and it's about creating a life that's in alignment and I think um, 
my son, he was in January this year, he was bed bound. So um, there was a time when he, he couldn't, uh, he couldn't get out, he could barely get out of bed. He couldn't get downstairs. Um, he couldn't watch anything because his eyes were hurting too much. He couldn't listen to anything because he got really highly sensitive with his hearing. Um, he couldn't speak to any friends because, in fact, he couldn't even speak to me for a, a few weeks. He didn't even have the energy to speak. So he was properly, properly burnt out. <laughs> he did a good job on himself. <laughs> mm. um, but, you know, we are six months later. He is um, he's not back at work yet. He's still on furlough, which has been bit of a saving grace for him but um he's living a reasonably normal life we still got a bit of a way to go but he's out exercising so he can do sort of a 30 minute walk um he can watch sports thank goodness for sport um mm. he's he's seeing some friends um he chats to friends daily so um it, recovery is totally possible no matter what level you're at Oh, that's so good to hear. I know quite a few people in, in my circle have um, been diagnosed with chronic fatigue and just told that they're going to have to manage this through their whole life. So it's such, such a positive um, sentiment to hear that it is actually possible to recover from this. Yeah. Especially if it's just bur really bad burnout in this particular case. So if you have been feeling a little bit more tired than, than normal and you haven't uh, just recently had coronavirus, um, it's really, really worth checking in with yourself and seeing if you need to, to seek out a specialist. At what point would you suggest somebody come to see you versus trying to manage it on their own? My ideal is um, the first stage we call denial. So that's when you've got the warning signs and right. <laughs> didn't need to take any notice. Um, so my, my perfect is when people are in that stage before they've crashed, um, because then we can prevent the crash. But when it doesn't actually matter, but I would say the sooner you get help, and look at it from a multifaceted, a truly holistic approach, um, the better, the quicker you can get onto recovery. So, um, but you've got to be willing, ready and willing to do the inner work. Right, and and what does that, that typically look like in terms of a time frame? Um, hmm. <laughs> That's, how long is a piece of string? So, <laughs> <laughs> it's probably quite individual, I would it's, assume. It's very individual. Um, for some people who've had chronic fatigue for a long time, so one of my clients has had it for 30 years, she can't actually remember what life was like being well. Wow, yeah. Um, so there's actually quite a lot of secondary gain for her staying where she is, and there's a lot of fear about, you know, what, what will I do with my life when I am better um, but for most people I would say between six months and a year as an average would be the average um, mm -hmm. recovery time so you being prepared to really get some help and address any trauma 
um, adverse childhood experiences often play a big role in this. So recognizing those and, and just getting the support from another practitioner because uh, we can't we can't see our, all our faults ourselves. So when when I've got deep stuff, when I kind of when I recognize something in myself, um, you know, I've got loads of tools, but sometimes I'll just say to one of my colleagues, can you do a session? Because this has come up. I need a different pair of eyes because we're always going to approach it when we do it ourselves. We're just going to approach it in the same way. And having that support from someone who, whether it's someone who knows how to work with trauma um, or with someone who knows how to coach to ask you those questions, to, um, to maybe point out what you're not seeing in yourself. Um, might be nutrition support if you've got digestive issues because they tend to go hand in hand. But I would say sooner rather than later, the longer you leave it, um, the longer it can take sometimes. Absolutely. Uh, gone are the days of just pushing everything into our inner closets and <laughs> just steamrolling through. It's um, it's really important to think of ourselves as multifaceted, holistic beings. Yeah, and we are. Yeah, we are mind, body, spirit. We're not. We're not just this body that keeps going. With and, and you know, for me, it's working on all those levels. Yeah, that's what it's about is as we ascend to the next level of humanity and the next level of earth, it's being healthy on every single level, cellular and otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. The more the more we heal, the more we clear our own clutter, the uh, the easier it is to ascend and to rise. Such an important part of this process. Oh, that's so beautiful. And so true. And if if people, if you're listening and you are um, in some of these warning phases and your body has been giving you these signs to stop and slow down, um, if you've been more forgetful than typically you have been, or you're just needing to sleep a lot just to get through, um, maybe you're taking extra naps on the weekends when typically you wouldn't have had to, it might be time to, to really check in with yourself and maybe hire a specialist. So Sue, if, if anyone listening really could, could use your help, um, what is the best way for them to find you? So you can find me, um, I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn. Um, I have a website called suewinsbury.com, um, Sue without an E, so it's S-U Winsbury. Um, so any of those channels, um, come and find me. I do 30-minute health reviews um, so we can just have a look at what's going on and then work out a plan of action that's very bespoke and tailored for each person. There's no, there isn't necessarily a one-size-fits-all. It's, it's a personal process. Right. That's beautiful. And I'll make sure that that's included in our show notes so people won't have to go and digging to dig through <laughs> to find. Um, but yes, I implore you, if you're listening to this and 
I know it's been a hard couple of years with all of the lockdowns internationally, and I think everyone at this point is feeling a little bit more tired than usual. But if you are having these signs from your body, and I think you know, deep down, I think you know if your body is sending you a message, um, don't wait. Don't wait until the burnout happens, really go and then seek that help and get the the tune-up you need even if it's just a 30 minutes alignment session to figure out um, a plan for you yeah. don't don't wait don't wait don't put it off your body you've got to live in your body a long time so um listen to it it's always talking to you so listen to its messages and um please just don't push on through because you can only do that for so long Absolutely. Oh, thank you so much, Sue, for making time for us today. Thank you. It's been wonderful to be here. Thank you.